What up, Nuggets Nation? Welcome to the Nothing But Nugs podcast. In this episode, Nate, Mike, and myself, Jill, talk about our all-star ballots that may include some crazy snubs and some wild choices. Um, And then we get into the current state of the Denver Nuggets, and I try to corral the boys back on a positive note. Hey guys. Hey. Hey. Cool. Well, should we do the All Stars first? Yeah. The Nuggets game is depressing. Yeah. Let's okay. start with the East. I've got my East ready. Okay. All right. So we are gonna do a our Eastern and Western Conference All Star ballots, and I'm gonna go through and read off who made it last year, and then how I would differ. <clears throat> or who who I don't think you know deserves it this year. Obviously, last year there was um, a few like injuries and COVID cases and stuff, so there were like multiple alternates. But yeah, I'm just gonna go through the whole list and um, yeah, let's start with the East. So last year it was Beal, Giannis, Durant, Embiid, Harden, Levine, Randall, Tatum. Kyrie, Jalen Brown, Ben Simmons, Sabonis, and Vucevic. So the last five I named are people who I don't think should make it this year. And so we'll go through those one by one. Kyrie, uh, pretty pretty obvious reasons. He's only played two games. Um, Jalen Brown, I just don't think the Celtics are good enough this year to have two people make it. They're... I think they only have like 17 wins. They're under 500. They might have 20 wins actually, but yeah, they're, they're not looking good. Um, It's honestly kind of a a coin flip between him and Tatum. I think Tatum has just been like a little bit better, but um, yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty even, which makes like, you know, snubbing one of them kind of difficult just because of how close they are. Um, Ben Simmons hasn't played a single game. So bonus. So, I, the Pacers just ha- haven't been good enough to have um, a representative this year, I don't think. And he just hasn't been like a huge standout like he has in years past. Um, Vucevic, I think this one's a little tough. He went to a better team, and I think now he's probably the fourth best player on their team. I personally don't think any team should have more than two guys. Unless, you know, like I understand the, you know, like the year the Warriors had by the all-star break, it only lost like four games or something. Then it makes sense. But the Bulls have been really good. They definitely deserve two players. Don't think they deserve three. So I would um, remove Vucevic. And yeah, I would replace though. Actually, I'll, I'll kick it over to one of you guys because I'm doing too much talking. So Jill, what what does your East look like? And um, of the guys I removed, would you keep anyone there in this year? No, I'll get rid of all of them. The only difference I had in mine is I had some one out of left field that I think there's always that one person who makes it. Everyone's like, what the heck? Um, I have Miles Bridges in there because the Hornets are really good. And he has really good stats on paper. I honestly haven't watched that many games, but I know Mike could probably speak to him. His Hornets love, but 
I have him, and then I also um, have Jimmy Butler, uh, Lamelo Ball as well, and then I have Fred Van Fleet. Okay. Uh, Mike, what about you? Personally, I appreciate you agreeing with me that you were doing too much talking. Um, <laughs> so I, I do actually think that the Bulls are the clear best team in the East and that they do deserve three players. So I've got Damar, Vucevic, and Levine all from the Bulls in the All-Star team. Um, I do not think that the Boston Celtics are good enough to deserve one all-star this year. And I don't think that Brown or, um, or Tatum has been, uh, that great. So that that's kind of what I got on those. Yeah. I mean, I agree with like the Sabonis thing, like he's been great, but like not great enough to win games. Uh, though, like they've had so many close losses, um yeah and the hornets have definitely like fallen you know like they're still good but they i don't think they deserve two people so i would say um lamella would be my pick from them so yeah in terms of like that uh if you want me to get into like more of the players i can uh i've got two from the nets those are obvious um two from the heat i think butler and bam uh, and then two from the Bucks, Giannis and Drew, uh, Embiid, Lamelo, and Jared Allen would round out my twelve. Okay, yeah. So, so I think the three of us have pretty different picks, which is really interesting. And obviously, like, there's a a portion of this that's kind of an all like a a a, a popularity contest rather, and then the rest is is like media and coaches and and things like that. Um, so the five that I said I was getting rid of, I'm replacing with DeRozan, LaMelo, Butler, Jarrett Allen, and Fred Van Fleet. Um, I do like some of your guys' picks and honestly, like if Tatum and Julius Randle, who I have still in it, like if they're not in the game, like I have no, no hard feelings there. I definitely think, you know, guys like Miles Bridges, um bam at a bio like those guys um arguably deserve it more so so yeah i think like we kind of all have our obvious like core eight or so that you know are the best players in the league and then kind of rounding out the remaining four seems like we're a little bit different but yeah it, i think it's close honestly just because there's a lot of just based on records there's a lot of teams that are have similar records and Obviously, guys have have gotten it in the past that are currently, you know, sitting at like 11th and 12th in their in their conference that I think uh, I think it'd probably be good to just give someone else a chance this year. Honestly, I liked your call out for Jared Allen. because I think the Cavs are so far under the radar, but they're so good this year compared compared to last few years. And I was thinking, I don't know who I would add, but I don't know if Darius Garland's good enough to make an all-star, but. If Jared Allen wouldn't make it, maybe he would. Yeah, I think Garland is right on the the edge too. And I kind of look at the uh, the Jared Allen pick similar to the same same reason like Rudy Gobert as an All Star is just like he's a super good defensive player, and um, 
And yeah, I mean, Garland obviously is really good on offense and I think he averages like 24 a game or something. So um, I could see it going either way. But yeah, I mean, I I just, to what like both you guys said, like I think it's worth giving credit to some of these teams, like the Cavs who have made a jump versus just like automatically giving like Tatum an all-star spot who has really not been any better than he was last year. Anything, yeah, else before we, anything else before we go to the West? Yeah, I mean, I, I was just going to say that I think that the Cavs' current, like, slump and kind of falling down a couple of places has gonna is going to be what loses uh, either Garland or Allen. I, I mean, Garland definitely, um, to use Malone's words, the sexier pick uh, there <laughs> over Allen. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that they're – you know, had they gone seven and three in their last 10 games instead of four and six, they probably get a second guy. Um, but as it is now, probably it's going to be Garland. Um, I was just picking, like, for me, I would pick Allen personally. So I think the biggest hey, snub. Bernie. So- <laughs> hey, Bernie. The biggest snub we've had so far, I just realized, is no one chose Trey Young. So I don't know. If- He'll make it. Yeah, and it sucks. So, yeah, I mean they they've been really bad, and I don't think a team that's that bad deserves an all star. Um, period. Agreed. We can we can bookmark this for when we talk about Dame Lillard uh, on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I was quieting the pup. Um, yeah, I. And I had like Trey Young as my dark horse MVP this year, so oh. that it, Jill, you have no room to talk. <laughs> um, so yeah, I yeah, I, just, I agree with what you guys said. I just don't think the team has been good enough to to get one. You know, and, and it kind of brings me back. Like this is the comparison I always make is it takes me back to like I don't know, probably four. Four or five years ago when the Wizards were, you know, towards the bottom of the East. But I think uh, Bradley Beal was like top three in scoring in the NBA. And and he there were multiple years in a row where he wasn't an all star um, just because his team wasn't good enough. So if he wasn't then, then I I don't think you can make the argument for for Trey this year. All right, well, let's move on to the West. I think the West will be. We'll probably have more agreement, but um, who knows? We'll see. So I'll start off. I'll read who made it last year. There were 14 just because there were two alternates. But it was Curry, Luka, LeBron, Kawhi, Jokic, Booker, Conley Jr., Lillard, Mitchell, uh, Chris Paul, Anthony Davis, Paul George, Zion, and Rudy Gobert. So, Mike, um, I'll start with you. What names jump out that you, that you don't think deserve it this year, and uh, who are some new new faces you would add? Oh man, I was uh, I was just like going over my list, and I kind of um, I I I can just go through like who I have. Okay. Um. Well, firstly, because I, I just said it, uh, Dame Dame is out. Um, and then, yeah, I think from there, I think that the Suns get three because, uh, CP book and Aiden all great this year. 
Um, I got the Warriors getting two, Steph and Draymond, the Jazz getting two, Gobert and, and Mitchell. So already at seven, the Grizzlies get Ja, eight, Doncic, nine, Jokic, 10, LeBron, 11, PG, 12. Okay. Um, and nope. that means cat is like snubbed. So probably mm, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to look at that and find a way to get cat in. Um, Girl, what you got? I only picked 10 because I forgot you get 12, but, um, I kind of went haywire. I forgot a lot, a lot of people that you guys mentioned, like Devin Booker <laughs> and Chris Paul. So whatever. We hate the Suns though. Oh so. uh, yeah. F the Suns. So um, my starting roster, I have John Morant, Steph Curry, Nicole Jokic, LeBron James, DeAndre Ayton. And then my reserves, I have a dark horse. Anthony Edwards is bowling out. So I think that'd be kind of <laughs> cool if he made his first all-star game. And honestly, I think the T-Wolves are excelling because of him and not Carl. So that's my hot take. Um, Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> I have... Jaron Jackson Jr. because they're balling out. Um, I have Andrew Wiggins because he's like playing really good, and I have a Jonas Valanciunas. <laughs> so I kind of went off the wall. Um, Jill, I, I go ahead. I don't think those are that off the wall. I think that all of the people you listed are like my next people, um, especially Anthony Edwards. Yeah, uh, who him. I who I kind of forgot about. Um, like just you know him being like I knew he's been great, but and then JJJ also kind of deserves it. So yeah, it is getting kind of tough. I think personally, like Paul George, who's been out like half of the season, or Luca, who people keep forgetting that he actually still plays anymore, should get it if they're not really producing the numbers like everyone else. In my opinion. All right. So mine, mine differs slightly. Um, so from the guys, from the guys last year, um, obviously Kawhi, I have gone um, Lillard, Conley, Anthony Davis, and Zion. Um, some of those for obvious reasons. I guess all those are kind of obvious. But um, the three new guys I have, just because there were fourteen last year, only twelve this year, I have Wiggins. Ja Morant and Cat. So I I don't think the Suns should get three. I think it should be a toss up between Aiton and Chris Paul for the second one, just because you know the Warriors and um, the Warriors and the Jazz have been you know arguably just as good as the Suns. They're they're right there. And then yeah, I think Cat or Anthony Edwards. I think you can make an argument either way. Edwards has obviously taken like a huge leap and he's been a big reason for their success because, you know, Kat's always been this good and produced, um, produced the numbers that he is this year. So, so yeah, I could see the argument for, for Anthony Edwards as well, but Andrew Wiggins, I have him instead of, uh, instead of Draymond just because of the jump he's taken. Um, he's shooting like career high numbers from three, um, just his overall production on offense, and then defensively, like he is kind of an underrated uh, lockdown defender. So I have him as the the second one, but 
Um, I could see people making the case for Draymond or even uh, Jordan Poole, who's been really good too. For sure. I think yeah. Jordan Poole might be a most improved player, though. I don't know if you can. Can you get both? An all-star in. Most improved player. Yeah, most, most, uh, most improved players are usually first-time all-stars. Oh. So in looking at our lists, you know, I don't think many of us, like Fred Van Fleet, if he ends up being an all-star, like he's a guy that's never made it. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. Mike, anything else on the West? You're right about Van Fleet being the snub. I might have to try and add him in too somewhere. Yeah, uh, he's but uh, putting that team on his back. On the West, no. I just think that uh, there are like more obvious. Like the Suns don't get three because they earned it. It's just like more obvious that that's a trio and that they're good. Um, and that's why they would get three potentially, and like that's why the Warriors like wouldn't. Yeah, that that's a that's a good point. All right, Jill. Anything else? Nope. I uh, honestly. I like watching the three-point contest more than the actual game. So I'm curious who, I mean, for a while there, I thought Zeke Nadi should have been nominated, but he's kind of fallen off. But I'm curious who participates uh, this year. He's still shooting like 45, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I'd be, I, I'm curious if like Anthony Edwards is going to participate in it just because I think he's, I think he's leading the NBA in three-point attempts. If not, he's like second or third. So um, he's definitely like a high-volume shooter. But, um, yeah, we'll see if Steph comes back to defend his title. Remember that one year, like, Joe Harris, like, randomly almost beat him? I think Joe Harris did win two or three years ago, yeah. I want some random people like that to, like, join in. Remember when Jokic did the obstacle course? (laughs) Good times. (laughs) Alrighty, well, speaking of that, should we move on to the the Nuggets? Nothing but Nugs. Only if we have to. I think we have to. So the Nuggets had a pretty disappointing defeat last night. Blew a 25-point lead to lose 87-85 against the Clippers. Before that, we had won two in a row. And then, you know, in the first half of last night's game, it kind of felt like things were rolling a little bit. It was like, all right, well, we got, you know, these guys back. Our team is, is not completely um, destroyed from COVID and injuries. We got some guys back and we're playing well. And then the Nuggets did what they've done a lot of times this year and blew a humongous lead, which I don't even know how that happens. But yeah, really, really, really bad loss last night. Um, it was it was an opportunity to rattle off, you know, a bunch of wins in a row because we have the Blazers next and then the Lakers on Saturday. You know, those are t- two very winnable games. So um, it just feels like a missed opportunity to kind of separate ourselves from teams in 7th, 8th, ninth in the Western Conference. But um, Jill, what are your initial thoughts on last night's game or I guess how the Nuggets have been playing? That we suck. Um, no, I I thought it was really weird how, like, 
nervous like Jokic looked. I don't know what's going on there. And then after Malone made that comment that all of his guys are more worried about where they're going to go out in L.A., I'm like, oh, man, do we have a problem brewing? But I hope not. Hopefully it's just a random thing, and then we're going to, you know, crush the Blazers tomorrow. I'm not too worried about it. The standings are really close, so winning last night would have been really, really nice, but whatever. (laughs) Mike, what are your thoughts? Um, Yeah, I mean, I definitely sent a text, like, during that third quarter that was like, we're crushing, this is great. Um last night and then yeah just a big big letdown um i mean uh you know the numbers are all over 17 straight second half uh defeats or whatever like second t- 17 straight games where we've been uh we've scored less points than our opponents uh which is crazy 31 games with double digit leads uh blown uh this season just kind of just a really bad just a really bad start to the year. Uh, just like, you know, for where our expectations were, um, you know, even though we weren't even fully healthy, we, you know, we thought we had the squad. We thought we were a little thin in certain positions. And it turns out we were. Oh, wow. That, that was crazy. Um. Yeah, so, you know, it's just a really tough, it's a tough stretch of uh, the season where the games matter because we haven't done well enough to put ourselves in kind of a position to coast. Um, But you can also see the wear and tear on on our guys, which sucks. Um, It's like, I always say this uh, when we talk or when I'm talking to other people, but it's like, it's never worth it when the Nuggets like go for it and lose, like when they actually give their all because they're so shorthanded. Like, I wish we did more winning the games like last night and then, you know, giving guys a rest. Um, but this team just can't can't find that winning mentality. I just yeah. So no, I'm that... a little I'm a little down, but um, <laughs> but it is, you know, it is what it is like the world kind of sucks right now, too. So. Um, yeah yeah it it does it feels weird like this is the strangest it's felt to be a Nuggets fan and I think quite some time um just because you know we're no longer the underdogs um we're we're expected to win every night but our roster is so depleted that you kind of have to you know, downplay your expectations, but at the same time, you have, you know, someone who is capable of playing at the highest level of anyone in the world. Um, And then, you know, we're starting to get some of that supporting cast back and guys are like playing well, but then just something feels off. And it's, I think it comes down to what you said about like this team right now isn't a winning team. Um, they're not, they're doing the opposite of being a winning team. Like they're playing well, but then like still losing. Like last night we played good defense. We had guys step up and make big plays. Like I thought Monte and AG, um, both looked really good last night and we're just like doing that, but like still finding a way to lose. It's, it's very bizarre. Um, the whole like blowing leads thing is obviously the biggest nuggets problem right now. 
And I think, you know, there's, there's multiple reasons why they're blowing these leads, but one of them is just like, you know, we get up by 15 and all of a sudden we feel like we have to milk the clock down to five. uh, We have to milk the shot clock down to five seconds. And then, you know, that time comes and it's like, all right, well now we have to force up a three or we pass the ball to someone who like isn't ready. And then the shot clock expires. It's like, those things should never be happening. Um, Do you have to do what got you that lead in the first place? And that's just like playing offense, like um, moving the ball, pushing the ball up the floor. You know, I don't, I think last night, that entire time when we were losing the lead, I don't know if we ever tried to like fast break. Um, I think Jill said it one time it was, we had like a three on two and we, we, we like pulled the ball out instead of like attacking the rim, you know, just because you have a lead doesn't mean you have to milk every second of the shot clock. Um, and, and just way too much settling for threes. Yeah. It's just, it seems like a, a domino effect of, of a bunch of different things. Um, but Joe, Joe, what are your thoughts right now? Um, I'm not a Malone hater or anything, but that time management last night was, we wouldn't even be talking about this game if he would have called a timeout with eight seconds left to get an actual shot off. Like, that was insane to me. Like, in what world is Jokic going to take the ball up and get to the rim in eight seconds? Like, maybe if it's, like, Jamal. But I don't know. Maybe he just has COVID brain fog or something. But that was atrocious. Um. And just maybe what's thrown the team off is all these, like, 10-day guys coming and going. Like, that guy who got his shot last night, he was, like, a negative 18. Like, I don't know. Like, we got to figure that out. <laughs> like, I feel bad for these guys. Like, you're getting your shot. But, like, our, the whole bench was, like, a negative 15 or higher. So. I thought it was interesting last night that we didn't go back to one of the greens in the fourth and instead played – small like we kept um mm-hmm. kept Faku in with Monte and Austin Rivers instead of going back to to J Mike or Jeff who you know both of them were were having fine games um I don't know it, it's just weird like if if you really think that's your best lineup then why not start with it so um I don't know I, I just don't understand why Malone sometimes feels the need to to play these like it's not like Faku was having a good game. I think he only had two points on, and they were both free throws. So it's not like he was, you know, knocking down a bunch of shots or anything. I, and I'm definitely not a Faku hater. I, I love Faku, but um, just, I don't know. He had played his minutes and then put, you know, put your starters back in. Yeah. Nothing Faku did warranted him playing 17 and a half straight minutes to close the game out last night. <laughs> um. And I'm, I, I, you know, like a lot of people, like Twitter's been kind of a mess today uh, in Nuggets Nation, as it always is after a loss. But a lot of people saying the F word's got to go. Um, and I kind of agree. I mean, I, I like just kind of what you were saying. It, it feels like if we just had a normally created roster, if we didn't take flyers on all of these little guards and we actually just had like regular replacement player wings who had just been here all season we probably would have won like four more games than we have so far but we just keep going small and when we're not shooting like lights out from three which we never really do like lights out for us is like 42 percent in a game um 
we we are struggling to put teams away and a lot of that just comes down to not having enough wings uh last night we had no spacing on offense in the fourth quarter we couldn't stop the dribble on defense in the fourth quarter um if you can't defend or play offense i'm not sure what faku is doing out there uh obviously he's been a spark plug for games but you like look at the data and it you know if the eye test is being passed the looking at the numbers doesn't doesn't pass the test with Faku. And if you're a net negative with Jokic over the course of a season with Jokic, you probably just shouldn't play basketball. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean the interesting thing about the Faku situation and I I'm off Twitter, so it's been lovely and my mindset's been great, but um I I don't think you can blame him for Malone for Malone playing him for 17 straight minutes. Like, I, he didn't have a good game. I think he's had, you know, a handful, if not more, of good games, you know, in the last month or so. He's, he has been a big spark plug, but it, but we've talked about it since day one, since the day he got here, is, like, his playing time should be situational. Like, he should not be playing 30-plus minutes a night. I think there's a time and a place for Faku. I think... He he can be um, he can be super useful. Like I, my favorite part of the game last night was when was when Marcus Morris posted him up and Faku managed to rip the ball from him and then draw a foul. <laughs> that was incredible. But you sub him out after his rotation is over, and you know then we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah, I think maybe on a. Uh... Happy note, Aaron Gordon really balled out last night. He had 30 points. You guys didn't know. He but did? Oh, wow. 30, wow. Yeah, a 30 ready. piece, as you would call it. <laughs> um, so that's kind of cool. It's just like if him, Monte Morris, and Jokic could all get at least 20 a game, like, can you imagine? Can you imagine the world? <laughs> Sounds that's great. That's funny. I, one other thing um, that I've been noticing and I don't know if it's like our defensive scheme, but I think Jokic and Mike, you can tell me if people have been talking about this. I think Jokic's defense has been like atrocious lately. And we do this thing sometimes where Jokic, if he's involved in a pick and roll, the opposite wing will like slide over and guard the roll man. Or or take the uh, the ball handler, and then Jokic is kind of just like standing in the middle, and you know sometimes I think we do that on purpose, but then like last night in the last two minutes, like we gave up two threes in a row because Jokic just wasn't guarding anyone, and against a team that is playing five shooter three point shooters on purpose to draw Jokic out, like this is exactly what happened to Rudy Gobert in the playoffs like multiple times. Like Jokic can't just give up wide open threes. Um, and obviously this team, like this team can't survive without Jokic on the floor. So uh, something's got to give there. And I, I, to me, I think it's like, it seems like in more of an effort from Jokic's standpoint, sometimes he just doesn't try on that end and he's afraid to get like beat off the dribble. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you guys have noticed that much, but it's been, 
some some key moments and like some losses we've had recently where he kind of just switches off and it seems like you know the effort on the defensive end just isn't there and maybe it's fatigue i mean it probably is yeah he's tired <laughs> i i mean i'm i'm a little behind but um i agree with you that it's like not faku's fault i just like don't think he should be playing uh as much as he is and you know, he goes in and gives his eff- like his best effort. I just don't think that he is a playoff level player, in, like regular rotation guy. If he was our fourth guard and only played five minutes a game or or as needed, that would be fine. Um, and then the other thing is, uh, no, people haven't been talking about Jokic's defense because they've been calling for like Malone and uh, Tim Connolly's heads today. <laughs> Tim Conley, what did he do wrong? <laughs> I mean, it's his roster creation that's kind of the catalyst for all this, though. Everyone was like, still healthy, we wouldn't be talking about it. We still wouldn't have a wing. Like, you can't just yeah. show up to a season with no wings. But what about Boogie Cousins, Mike? Boogie's Boogie's gonna save the day. Boogie's back. He's coming <laughs> back. Boogie yeah. and Lance, we we just need a team, and, and let's sign both Morris brothers, and just surround Jokic with like just a bunch of fighters, and just yeah. bully everyone. But not good shooters, so. <laughs> so well, Boogie like balled out for the Bucks the last month or so, so maybe. Why didn't they sign him then? Hmm? I don't think they had a roster spot for him. Hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm all in on this boogie thing. It'll be nice to have a backup uh, forward, and it'll be nice to like you know there'll be more competition, mm-hmm. and so we don't have to play like Jeff Green on an off night or uh, Jeff Green forty forty minutes to win on a good night. Um, you know, we'll have a little bit more stability in our from our forwards and and actually have a backup center to rebound. I, I just thought it was disgraceful the way that we didn't go back to Jamichael Green in the fourth quarter. I can't get over it. Like he didn't he did nothing wrong to to warrant not playing. And no one that was in on the floor deserved to be there more than him, except for Jokic and Aaron Gordon last night. And yeah. it's just it's just ridiculous. Like Jokic, when Jamichael Green is on the floor, Jokic can release a little bit early on some shots. And we scored so many buckets in the first half, um, you know, because they were doing that double team thing when we were in our set half court offense. But when Jokic can get down the floor early, we can get him the ball. And that was a catalyst for so many buckets. And it's just really frustrating. Like, I think we even gave up like an offensive rebound or two uh, or maybe didn't get an offensive rebound because Jermichael wasn't in there because we had those three guards. We weren't rebounding. We weren't defending. The load was majorly on Jokic to, to do everything. And ugh, just, just disgusting. That fourth quarter was abominable. Popeye Jones would never... No, he would. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> and we wouldn't have traded Bull Bull if Popeye was still the coach too. <laughs> You're so right. R.I.P. Uh, Best of luck to you. That's all I'll say. Wh- one um, other thing. One other thing I have is is this version of Aaron Gordon. Like when we were like vision board Aaron Gordon. You know, like 
at the beginning of the season or when we got him in the trade, like this was it. Like he's shooting something like 80% from around the rim, um, just crashing the boards, getting a ton of rebounds, defending the, everyone's best player. Like we, if, if we were like second or third, I think he would be getting looks for like all-star contention because he really has yeah. been like that guy. He's been um, incredible. And we're like wasting him too. Yeah. Uh, that three <laughs> he hit, just like where he grabbed the rebound, dribbled down and just popped a three when no one else could score. Last, <laughs> geez, he's a, he's big time. Like, I don't want yeah. him doing that a lot, but the fact that he can do that is so great. Like, and he almost tied up, he almost made the shot at the end to tie, which is like <laughs> the most absurd shot, <laughs> like a tip, like. 18 that, that was terrible he has the best facial expressions like he like sincerely always wants to win like last night when he missed that game winning or the tie yeah. he looked like he cried and i'm like man you just care so much i feel I bad you. for him and then Jokic is just like i don't give a shit <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. and everyone All else right. is like what club are we going to <laughs> yeah <laughs> i hope not everyone's in the freaking needs to be in their own little bubble <laughs> Yeah. I mean, so the last thing I'll say, like, the the last, like, really good offensive output the Nuggets have had was um, last week against the Kings. And we, you know, that wasn't that much, like, crazy three-point shooting. Like, the Nuggets were really pushing the ball. I think that was the game when both greens had, like, five dunks each. And I just so much prefer watching that version of the Nuggets that's, like, pushing the ball up the floor, getting out in fast breaks and transition, um, knocking down open threes, like, playing faster versus, like, beating the Thunder by four points when we both score in the 90s or, like, scoring in the 80s against the Clippers. Like, the, that this version of basketball just, like, isn't nearly as fun to me as the more um, up-tempo – and, you know, maybe our defense slips a little bit, but we're scoring the ball. I don't know. That's – I just want to see more of that, but I don't know. I swear, if we don't lose – if we don't win against the Blazers on – is it TNT tomorrow? I think so. TNT. Yeah. If we don't win at home and I have to stay up until 11 p.m. to watch <laughs> them lose, I'm going to be very mad. Which means I'm staying up till 1. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry, Mike. You're a true fan. It's tough. It's tough out here. Shout out to Serbians. Yes. Um, yeah, I if we don't win like either of the next two, I probably just need to like shut it down on the pod and just maybe go into a cocoon for a little while. <laughs> Get, I mean, we kind of we kind of already did this year a little bit, so maybe just a little more. We have the easiest schedule coming up, though. Like after we get past, we suck against easy schedules. We we suck against everybody right now, though. Like I I mean, like yesterday should have been so high. Like we we were up by twenty five. You get like the leaks where it's like MPJ might play again this season, and it's just like the vibes were great. And then we did that, and we got outscored by like forty points in the second half, and. just so dumb yeah it's very dumb 
All right, moving on from the Nuggets, the last thing I want to say, I think we should add a segment to the pod called Clown Shit. <laughs> and yesterday, Devin Booker um, was the, the prototype of this. I don't know, Mike, if you saw, but Devin Booker complained to the referee about the Toronto Raptors mascot being distracting, being distracting when the mascot is the only fan in the entire arena that's allowed in, um, Devin Booker, I, I hate him. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good clown shit. <laughs> Mike, did you see that? Oh yeah, I saw it. I I had uh, I had NBA TV on all all last night, so I I got to see kind of everything around the league. Um, and I I got one one more clown shit for you actually that I didn't tell you about. Um, so big big day Clay Day uh, last weekend, and I have both YouTube TV for cable and NBA uh, League Pass. And since they were playing the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is about a ninety minute drive, um, it was blacked out for me. Despite paying for the maximum amount of things, besides like a plane ticket and a ticket to the game, I was not allowed to watch the most watched basketball game in like 10 years. Thank you to the NBA for so royally fucking this up. I couldn't get the Cavaliers home games in my in my city if I tried, and they still black out the Cavaliers here makes no sense it's been terrible this whole year because they've actually been a fun team i have no idea what evan mobley even looks like (laughs) let alone how he plays it's just like what are we doing here guys how how can we not figure this out i live in pittsburgh i am not a cleveland fan trying to leech the cavaliers (laughs) for free like i I would even i I don't know it's just like it's really go to every game I yeah that's that's I think that's the answer but but like when they play on the road I'm going to Cleveland road games just to be able to watch them I'm not even a fan (laughs) (laughs) yeah that that's absurd um yeah yeah, you just you just need to get a uh a VPN pay like you know a couple hundred bucks for a fancy (laughs) VPN and get a tech guy to run it through your router so all right I'm gonna just are you you're gonna set that up for me when you come (laughs) Yeah, I got you. All right, cool. And that wraps up our Nothing But Nuggets podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Jill, anything else? No, that is it for me. But just want to say, guys, it's only up from here, hopefully. Yeah, you can't get much much worse than that loss the other night. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. I just I want to see Jamal Murray play basketball again. That's kind of what's you guys, you guys are so terrible. We literally play the Lakers this week, and you're like, it can't get any worse than losing to the Clippers last night. Mm. True. Oh, <laughs> and man. the Blazers. It could get a lot worse. We might not be <laughs> yeah. back. We might not be back here on the yeah. Nothing But Nuggets podcast. <laughs> but if we win the next two games, we'll definitely be back next week. Absolutely. I got hope. All right, y'all. <laughs> Take it easy out there. Bye. And go Nugs. Go Nugs. Go Nugs.